Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrewer, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Chris Ragg, Peter Coggle and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. And this week we're discussing the YAM cryptocurrency bug. Peter, what is the YAM cryptocurrency bug? Uh, yeah, so the so in August or uh, August eleventh, a new cryptocurrency was launched. Um, it was uh, quite an interesting experiment. It was bringing together lots of different emergent new technologies around cryptocurrencies that people have been trying more piecemeal, but this was brought together loads of different things into one uh, one approach. Um, it uh it seemed seemed like a it was getting lots of traction there was plenty of investment uh investors in the technology and setting up teams to sort of support it and build it mm. uh and in lots of trades going on so there are lots of people trading um crypto other cryptocurrencies and real hard currencies into this 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 thing and it, it was starting to actually trade like a like a currency um so it all looked good but within 48 hours it's different. i've yet to pin down the exact timings but within 48 hours uh, a, a bug was discovered in in the source code that um and it was discovered as a result of it actually starting to go off the rails that basically undermined the entire thing in quite a dramatic way so a lot of software bugs it's, it might cause an inefficiency or or something that's recoverable but this bug went right to the heart of the entire governance model of the currency so i don't quite understand in detail how it works but basically the 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 currency itself scales the amount of of units of that currency available in response to what's going on in the market and in part of what it does in doing that is it it accumulates a sort of cash reserve so i think the analogy would be like a gold bullion reserve Mm. um that can be used to sort of uh, to sort of help stabilize the price and various other things um but there's a bug in the code that that caused it to accumulate more and more and more currency in this reserve basically causing a massive liquidity problem Mm. meaning there wasn't any currency left to trade bringing the whole thing sort of essentially crashing down um but the numbers are quite staggering. So at one point, it was estimated to be worth sort of the the market capitalization was nearly half a billion pounds, mm. um, or yeah, nearly half a billion pounds, which is quite staggering in two days worth of trading, um, which was wiped out pretty much within hours of this sort of thing of this thing happening. Hold on, I've just remembered that fortunately we're actually not really talking about cryptocurrencies in this podcast, right? We are because not talking about. We're talking I, about what we're talking about though is this. So what I what sort of the way I kind of looked at this was this seeming mistake, and there's a great article uh, in the Register, um, which actually tells you what the software bug is, and it's about four or five characters that were missed off on one particular line of code. So and that's the, all the, it was. The actual mistake is minuscule in terms of actual information value, mm. but has had a huge effect. So what I want, so what I was interested in is, is there can is there any natural correlation between the kind of size of mistake in inverted commas and the size of the impact, and is that a, is that a meaningful thing to sort of yeah. even talk about, Chris? Yeah, well, I think I think this is really interesting because as as Peter said, the 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 um, error itself as as an input error is really quite small. I think it's it's um, it's it, 
dot div brackets base was what what they missed like 10 10 characters of of text effectively um and uh but what it what it missed was the fact that that was a multiplying factor within the equation that was being used so they effectively forgot to multiply by by something mm. um and so you've got this tiny input error and i think what it what it illustrates is the difference between input and output mm. uh, uh, errors you know um but uh, you've got this very large and consequential output error, which is you know messing up the the entire system and, and happening really quickly. And I think I think that you know is a great example of of two things illustrating you know the difference between a, an input and an output error, and also the consequence of the error that that you make. And if you think about you know I mean um, to kind of illustrate this, if you think about you know the difference between a million plus two and a million plus three mm. right if you got those two numbers wrong it would be relatively minor right mm. but if you used to make the same kind of error when you're using two or three as an exponent of a million mm. then you've got a much bigger out output error and I, I i think it highlights on an interesting thing particularly when it comes to computer code that what you actually do wrong can be quite small yeah. but the impact of it can be enormous yeah, yeah. i think and i i I think what we want to get into is can we mean can we say small or big? Who's to say that you know lines of code are a small error? Like, I mean, does the universe know that that's a small error? It's like there's a big difference to us between the words yes and no. But does the you know the universe doesn't mm. see that as different particularly? So you know, is can we meaningfully say this is a small error? Mm. That's that's the question I think we're going to get into. But worth saying that this is not unusual at all. That actually, a lot of disasters well, you can boil down to a very small Something decision. Something really minor. Yeah. Um, you only have to think of recent days to think of the gender reveal party, which set uh, El Dorado on fire. What? The gender reveal party. They had some fireworks, oh, which I think one. were a certain color, um, because it was a boy or a girl, and it then started this fire, which has now destroyed twenty-two thousand acres of uh, of I think California. Oh, is that what that was? And uh, yeah, and killed a firefighter, twelve people injured. Um, and I, I, I would venture to say that whoever the uh, gentleman in Wuhan who thought he'd have a bat for supper was <laughs> guilty of the same thing. You know, um, it was probably some very small decision mm. which leads to a giant outcome. And and so intuitively we understand that. Um, I, I tried to, and and so I try. I sort of thought, well, how, what kinds of errors are we talking about here? Um, there are lots of lists online of of different kinds of mistakes you know the biggest historical mistakes mm. and and they are not um very scientific obviously uh they're generally not trying to quantify big they're just relying on an intuitive understanding of what that is mm. um but i i've sort of classified them the things that appear appear in this list mm. and again i think i think that some a more underlying model is probably better at explaining it than this but where did you get the, this list from oh it just i looked at various lists of the world's biggest mistakes right so is it clickbait yeah it's all clickbait articles that's all you're, all you're going to get you good, won't good believe this big mistake. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah number number 17 will astound you uh so they and they, they generally i the think end. i think they're almost all fi they fall into one of five categories okay. and they are so first of all, failing to take an opportunity that was offered, and that's the you know the people who turned down the Beatles yeah. in favour of the Tremolos, the person who turned down J.K. Rowling, 
not the guy who didn't kill Hitler in the First World War and could have done. Yeah. Um, you know, these are all things which, you know, retrospect, you can say, well, I wish that person had done one thing or uh, done a different thing. But but actually, you know, the Beatles still exist. It's not like anything's been genuinely destroyed. This is just, you know, individuals who, who have failed to take an opportunity that was offered. Yeah. Um, then the loss or destruction of valuable things. So this is the guy who lost that Bitcoin, you know, which is now worth a billion pounds and he mm. threw it into a into it just dumped it with his old computer mm. um the burning of the library of alexandria um nasa taping over the moon landing tapes there's sort of things that are that are lost or destroyed because of um you know something stupid that someone did um good old-fashioned fat fingers i can't think of any other way of doing mm. this but this is people who just you know could like physically cock up something mm. and um you know make a kind of physical error of some kind and it leads to disaster and that's there was a guy a japanese trader who meant to sell one share and accidentally sold six hundred and ten thousand shares <laughs> um there was the you know the people who accidentally hit reply all uh there's quite yeah. a few stories of that yeah. you know people people bringing down their company because they share something by mistake yeah. um the uh i would say also the exxon valdez captain you know for example he was he was drunk and obviously couldn't couldn't captain his ship properly yeah. um underestimation of consequences so that's category four this is the person who beheaded genghis khan's diplomat or you know the decision to invade russia or whatever so it's kind of just failing to realize that something is going to be much harder or or more disastrous than it was so you go ahead with a course of action that turns out to have uh, terrible consequences and finally and this is the mysterious slightly mysterious category but what i've called distributed errors these are where actually it's very hard to find an individual who made a mistake but it but it's more that you know the the machine has failed to account for some kind of uncertainty which has disappeared somewhere in the system and i would say things like the um you know those kinds of where the french uh, ordered 15 billion pounds worth of trains that it turned out didn't actually fit on the rails mm. um the chernobyl three mile island kind of things where they you know actually every every single person you can kind of understand why what they did what they did but collectively it all added up to a disastrous set of circumstances so that's anyway i thought you know i'd share my cat my taxonomy of errors yeah um and i think of those you know the ones which you could say well these are definitely like the kinds of mistake that i think we're talking about you i mean fat fingers for falls into that it's like Mm. okay this is a kind of physical mistake you've made you've physically done something different to what you wanted to do um and uh and the sort of distributed errors uh, i think would 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 be the I think yeah. I think the last one is is a very interesting one. Whereas think, underestimation but, of consequences feels more straightforward to me. It's more yeah. like, well, you just got this. You thought this would be easy, and it was hard. Yeah, it's not really quite the same thing as a kind of proper good old fashioned mistake. Yeah, quite. Peter. Yeah. So to to try to sort of categorise this particular the 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 gam cryptocurrency problem, um, probably yeah, it's it, feel, it, it on on the face of it, it looks like a fat fingers thing. It looks like somebody wrote some code and they didn't write it correctly. Um, however, I think it sits more squarely within the, the distributed uh, era because we, the, the, we, we as a race and as a sort of collaborative race have developed mechanisms for trying to prevent and correct these kinds of errors. And in the distributed uh, model, this is uh, uh, a, cl- a classic example of how you might address this is you have code reviews and you have testing and you have money. You, you spend money ahead of time before launch to 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 try and pick holes and try to test it to try to stress test it and try and break it and see where it fails and then correct it that's in this case some of the some of the punditries suggested that a lot of that didn't happen and this was uh this happens a lot in uh in in financial uh, sort of speculative financial uh, products that 
the, there's a big first mover advantage particularly in a currency because you mm. capture a lot of the, the lot of the investment will um uh so there's so, the, so this this thing was rushed to market with with all these caveats were public there was no there, nobody was making any pretense that it was like perfect and was going to work in fact the github page that where the the source code is published publicly states there's going to be bugs here we've only done limited testing etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm. um doesn't that doesn't just doesn't it doesn't uh doesn't uh prevent lots of people willing to be willing to invest in it possibly naively but had there been more testing and verification you know maybe even just a few tens of thousand pounds worth of code review and more more unit testing it would have been picked up highly very high chance it would have been picked up and that seems like a really worthwhile investment compared to the overall loss that it suffered yeah um Look, I don't know, because I want to bring you in, Chris, but I don't know if this is what you want to talk about. I don't know. But I think it's quite interesting, this last one, where no, there's nothing wrong, it seems, and everything seems to make sense, and yet it results in a mistake. Yeah, this, dis- mm. what did you call it? The distribution. Distributed uh, errors. Yeah, yeah, distributed errors. I mean, and I don't know if this is analogous, but I remember <clears throat> a long time ago, I used to play a lot of chess, and but I was never any good at chess. Um, and I was never very good at sort of seeing however many, you know, extrapolating. I was never very good at that. But also even worse than that was uh, concentration and blunders. So I used to be a mm. bit of a blunder player. Um, but anyway, there's one guy I used to play with all the time. He always used to beat me. And, um, you know, like any good chess players, immediately afterwards, we would always have a, a post-analysis um, and say, okay, this is the moment where it went wrong, right? Um, but I remember it started getting to the stage where in a lot of the games where we couldn't really see the error there wasn't really an error and it was yeah there was no mistake in maybe not even a weak move and yet somehow uh, maybe that's a maybe that's a false analysis no or, i think it reminds yeah. me of uh, poker you know when when you look at the winnings of good poker players is they the difference between a good and a bad poker player will not be visible in any small run of hands you know it comes down to winning um you know if you think of an average pot being you know sort of maybe 10 20 pounds to say in a game mm. a really good poker player is going to on average be winning perhaps one one pound you know mm. uh or less per hand i want to bring chris in yeah well i, th- I think I, I think we're sort of hedging towards a, a kind of theory for what you know what creates the worst kind of errors and and one of those things is about a, a difficulty in seeing the error in the first place because mm. it is um in a complex system right so when you're talking about a, 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 you know a, a system that's based on loads of people it's very difficult to analyze all of those people and check they're all doing their job right but you can also get that in uh, engineering systems like um you know the challenger disaster was effectively the fault of the the o-rings like but basically washers you know that that um weren't accounted for a particular temperature and had a catastrophic effect but and so you think well well, that was a simple error. Why didn't they do that? But of course, you think how many components there are on a space shuttle and, you know, your your requirements to analyse those under all those different conditions. It's very difficult to see the error. If you think about a huge body of code, yes, there are review processes, but it might be very difficult to, to wade yourself through that. So I think, I think one component of... Uh, you know, making errors more likely is a more complex system that you're engaging with, like a chess game, right? Where each move builds to each other, mo- you know, the next move, and it's not one place. Ah, oh, there it was. It's it's a you know, it's an interaction of things. And I think the other thing that um, that uh, builds to significant errors are um, 
you know the 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 underestimation of the of the consequences so so normally like with a space shuttle you are you know we know it's high risk and so you check everything so you know most of them were were um had a good you know good safety record and so on but um but it's where you're not sure you're not taking that degree of of rigor about your your checking and you can't really see things um because it's a complex system i think that's where you're most at risk of making kind of catastrophic type type errors yeah yeah and they have the i mean the responses are always uh you know it's always shutting the door after the whole has, horse has bolted in a sense in that you know all of these kinds of engineering errors lead to a you know a, a kind of solution which involves having a new rule that we now implement which in you know they always use that phrase of that all of these health and safety rules are written in blood because you you know you've got you, you you've now got 200 things you have to check um, which all seem totally irrelevant and pointless, but of course, they at some point, once upon a time, no one checked it, and that's where it went wrong. And I, I think I think that hits on a, a really important issue. And there is the phrase to err on the side of caution, right? Mm. You know, so you deliberately under you know you deliberately um, estimate something incorrectly on the side of you know whatever the safety concern is. And I think mm. we're seeing that at the moment with you know. Uh, the, our current body of government scientists and the estimates they're making about, you know, coronavirus and what what could go wrong because of what we've seen previously, mm. you know, they are erring on the side of caution within those forecasts, um, and you know, we're we're potentially going to pay the consequence uh, accordingly. Yes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I never thought about the phrase in that in that sense, and you were absolutely right, aren't you? Um, so look, um, we've got a few minutes to go before we wind up um one, where do we want to go with I this do have, i do have one thought and this is more of a kind of slightly philosophical speculation about the about the nature of you know errors in general and and this issue of you know the size of the the size of the mistake versus the size of the consequence and it goes back to something i mean chris was saying you know we we, we built a lot of systems that are designed to stop this kind of thing happening but I think I would say that the reason we need to do that is that um, actually we've designed, we, as humans, we've designed systems which have huge multipliers in them, which don't exist in the physical world. So, you know, as such, like like if you want to blow up the moon, you generally need another moon sized object or you could have have a lot of energy somewhere. You know, if you want to. But if you want to blow up a rock, it's you need much less energy. You need much less input right to yeah. that system. Generally actions and consequences are more or less the you know of all the same order of magnitude in the physical world but in the in the social world you know we've designed structures to magnify the power of individuals so that you know a a, a leader can sign a piece of paper which leads to you know 100 million people being killed and um you know in the, so in the human world we created systems that give us the ability to turn a small action into a big consequence um so in a sense we've had to design equally you know rigorous ways of stopping that happening we we need we need those those systems because the 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 social world has these has these multipliers and i i think you know if you think about the example one which always crops up in these lists of you know where um of archduke ferdinand's driver taking the wrong turn and you know and gavrilo princip happens to be walking down that road and shoots him and the first world war starts well mm. you know one guy shooting another guy the only reason that turns into a world war is because we let it we've decided that that's how it works mm. you know 
It's really just one guy shooting another guy. That wouldn't mm. be a story if it happened in Chicago. But because of the systems that we've designed that turn an archduke into a thing that can cause an, a, a world war, you know, we have to then we have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting point. Yeah, no, I like it. Um, Peter, Chris, anything you want to finish off on before I ask a question? Yeah, I, 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 I was just going to say, I think there's a, there's an element of um, error, which I think Nick has picked up on there, which is, you know, because um, the, there are there are um, things within the, the natural world that cascade you know out of control the whole the whole um uh, sort of metaphor of the butterfly's wings and you know the the cyclone you know across across the planet and so on so so it does exist there but i think where error comes in is it's very difficult to have error without humans right because the natural world doesn't make mistakes in the same in the same way right and it's not a trying to achieve something yeah, it's not got, trying to achieve no something it doesn't have an, a, a, an objective as such and mm. um so so yes the, and and you know, er- error is, you know, even though you talk about system errors or equipment error, ultimately they all boil down to a person somewhere using the wrong bit of equipment or, you know, uh, following the wrong process or whatever it is. So I think there's something fundamental about error which requires a human to be there and not necessarily to be to be culpable, but to be involved in the in the process. Yeah, yeah. It's like that famous phrase, to err is human, but to completely fuck things up, you need a computer. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> right. But um, anyway, um, look, I don't know if this is a good question or not, um, but, um, you know, my rather pedestrian manner that I, normally, that I usually do, can you think of an example in your own life where you're aware of a decision that you made that led to a huge um, mistake or terrible consequences for you or someone else or humanity? Mm-hmm. Um I, I got a near miss, actually. Yeah, go on. So when I was working in defence intelligence, I, oh, God. I, I issued I issued a, a uh, an, an intelligence report which was very unusually lowly classified. I was following kind of pr- the principles of good, of of kind of good intelligence production, which is to try and classify things accurately. You know, not just stick top secret on everything, but yeah. to try and maximise the number of people who can read it. Yeah, and, okay. Uh, and it got sent. Um, through uh, it was it was class uh, it was unclassified enough that it could be shared to sort of NATO various other people and about an hour after it went out a particularly diligent um, analyst yeah. phoned me up and said I've just noticed on the back page it's got a load of uh, it's got the distribution list and this distribution list was f- f- absolutely full of, of of like the names of people and designators names of jobs that just were extremely top secret so in a total panic uh you know i rang up the the p- p- people who were doing all the kind of the distribution through the computer system and thank god you know they they were they were sort of had, had just finished their lunch break and had not pressed send and uh you know so we were able to we'd able we were able to intercept this while they were like was still in a top secret environment um but that was that could have been catastrophic so um, yeah i can just imagine also your physical reactions during yeah. that most that horrible feeling <laughs> that, that, gut, sort of that accidental coil, kim philby yeah the coiling of the guts yeah. you know <laughs> no thank god for this guy he was the kind of person who read everything in ridiculous detail and um you know i i which yeah. normally we would be really guys. annoying yeah. but actually yeah you yeah. do you need pedants you need yeah. pedants they yeah stop us blowing ourselves up we'll call them auditors uh, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. nice peter I'm really struggling to think of anything. Peter doesn't make mistakes. Doesn't mistakes make, mistakes. make him. 
yeah, we no, could probably really, leave it at that actually really, anything, I'm really struggling to think of any kind of I, like I, concrete single thing yeah, yeah. One more, of my, more of an attitude problem in my case right one of my, one of my favourite um, software errors is the um, NASA's Mars Climate Orbiter in 1998 uh, which um, basically one of the subcontractors from uh, well from Lockheed Martin um, put into it uh um, data in imperial measurements instead ah. of metric mm. measurements, and uh, so it was it was calculating impulse or something. So this, you know, hundreds of millions of pounds worth of of uh, space vehicle uh, ended up sailing out into space because he'd used you know pounds <laughs> pounds yeah. per second rather wasn't than it, newtons. Wasn't it on yeah. land? It was during the it, landing. It was, it was, as it was coming into its orbit, it wasn't going to land. Yeah. It was going to it was going right. to orbit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so it got too close to the planet, stressed itself out, and is now just sailing off into. The yeah. Well, what nowhere. if it crashes into an alien spaceship and they think yeah. it's an act of war? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Fraser, would it be easier to ask you when you haven't made a giant catastrophic <laughs> yeah. mistake? Well, look, I was trying to think, I was trying to narrow this down because I have made so many mistakes in my life, it's not true. Um, but and I, 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 I honestly can't, you know, identify, you know, one above the others. But suffice to say this, is that recently um, we entertained ourselves down McGrew Way um, with my, one of my kids, I, I got him a metal detector um, uh, for his birthday because he, he loves finding coins he just he's very good at it anyway without a metal detector and one of the ways that we tested the metal detector was on me um and we had it was family larks because you put it basically if you get a metal detector near me it will go off because i've got all sorts of metal mainly in my arms as a result of at least one accident that i had that was definitely because of poor judgment on my on my part and that's just i think that sort of just stands totemic amongst all my errors that i've made and the big mistakes strong ale and a bicycle yeah you're not far off to be honest so um so yes I, there's just too numerous to mention all my mistakes that i have made um but anyway but it, it particularly pleased me that the metal detector went off because one of the most um disappointing things that i have um after that particular accident is that i never ever set off um airport um alarms because i always thought that would be the case and i, mm. well, I thought i'd That's be special and have a little yeah. card that i could show people no so the metal detector made up for that so so there we go all right thank you as always for listening to the cognitive engineering podcast i'm fraser mcgrew been here with chris rag peter coggle and nick Hare of aleph insights bye-bye